0: We are live at the ACC. We just heard the press conference announcing the new president of the Maple Leafs, Brendan Shanahan. Tim Laiwicki was up there on the podium. And so was Dave Nonis, the GM of the Maple Leafs. And he joins us around the table now. How was that, Dave? It was good.
1: Yeah, I'm glad it's over with, but it was good. (laughs) So it wasn't painful up there at all? No. No, listen, I think think it went as we hoped. Uh, I think people understand the reasons and... The direction uh, of the organization, why ownership uh, and Tim uh, wanted to, to you know, to make these changes. I was aware of them for you know, almost a year, and um, I think when you find the right person, which you know we all feel that that they did, that it's going to benefit the organization. So, how do you establish this working
0: environment between yourself and Brendan?
1: Well, it's going to take a little bit of time, but we, you know, we do know each other, and that's that's a positive. You know, it's not someone that uh, I haven't had any contact with or relationship with. Um, you know, but I, you know, we're going to have to spend some time together. Uh, we have already. We I expect over the next several weeks, we'll spend a lot more time together, and then um, you know, we'll make some determinations of what we want to do moving forward. But you know, I, I already feel very comfortable um, with his thought process. I also know and feel that, you know, Tim was very respectful of, of uh, um, what we wanted to do. And, uh, you know, the reason I think it took so long to find the right person is he wanted to find a person that was compatible with... Um, our thinking my thinking and how we want to build this thing and and uh, um, you know it was apparent to him that this was the right guy and after a very short time i think he's right
0: he's never held a job like this before he's never run a team you have for quite a while what kind of suggestion would you give to brendan
1: shanahan well i, th- I think we have to as a group uh, make determinations on what's best for this organization and then turn everything else off because in a market like this it's very difficult to make decisions if you're listening to everything that happens here um, and it's hard not to because there's obviously the me- the media uh, our fan base is very uh, strong and vocal uh, you ha- you know you want to make sure you acknowledge them and, and, and get a feel and pulse for what they for what they bring but at the end of the day w- we have to make decisions that are based on the long-term health of the team and you know, he's a. You, you can tell this by listening to him. He's a very analytical guy. He's a deep thinker, um, and I think that will serve him and us well moving forward. Because it, you know, yeah, it's hard to do at times, but you have to make some decisions that um, maybe aren't that popular at, in the moment, but it will help the team long term. As far as the culture, that's something that's been talked about today. The way the hockey team plays, what has to change for them to be a more difficult team to play against, and basically play better in their own end. Well. I mean, you watched us play for a couple of years, um, you know, and, and you you never want to just point back to last year, but mm-hmm. we, by and large, had the same personnel this year, with a few exceptions, but the bulk of our team was back. And if you look at our goals for and goals against, they're almost inverted from last year. They were We were a much more difficult team to play against uh, than we were this year. We were tougher on the puck. We were more committed to playing. Um, there was more of an identity last year. There was more of an identity, and more players, I would say, played a little bit outside their comfort zone. You know, players that weren't necessarily great defensively paid more of a price to be a better defensive player. Um, you know, that's that to me. What needs to change? I, I think a lot of it is uh, is committing to what needs to be done. It's, it's it, it. Are there personnel issues? Yes, of, of course. You can look at changing some personnel. But it's more than that. It's more about about committing to the system and committing to doing things that you just don't want to do. Are you
0: surprised or shocked? You said during the beginning of the season they were getting away with things, playing a certain style, that they were getting points maybe they shouldn't have got, that there wasn't a change in the
1: structure in the defensive zone as opposed to committing a system that really didn't work at the end? Well, I think the system works if you execute it. There's There's a big difference between the system doesn't work and not executing it. And you, as a player, you know, you start you you start having success, and you have a month, a month and a half of winning hockey games, and you have, you know, you have a coach or coaching staff, or anyone else, media saying, you know what, you're not going to keep winning like this. The, the player's mindset is different. It's, well, we just won, we just won again, we just won again, and I think that that once it starts to crumble, it's hard to get that back. It's hard for them to get back the the, the time where they weren't playing. Uh, well, as a team, and I also know that I hate coaches yelling at me, Dave. And if he's telling me to do a certain thing out there, and I don't do it, consist. I I don't like the coach yelling at me, so I want to change according to him.
0: Well, that's what we and that's what we were talking about a lot, especially down the stretch. I mean, is it the chicken or the egg? Is it the coach that is responsible to make sure that the players do it, or is it the players that are responsible to make sure they do what the coach wants?
1: Well, I, I think everyone holds some responsibility. I think if you're pointing at one person, I don't think that's a fair assessment of how a team operates. I also think that if you look and ask the players, do they felt like they were beaten by the coaching staff, um, I would expect that 90% of them would say no. You know, um, Mike Babcock's pretty hard on his players. Uh, I don't think anyone in Detroit's arguing with the results. No. They, No. There are people that are uh, harder on players, than others, and some that are you know that have a soft way of doing things. The notion that Randy beat the players into submission all the time—it's just—it's not true. It's not—it's totally not true. Um, you know, is there uh, are there issues in terms of of how the players played down the stretch for him? Of course, there are. But uh, this isn't a guy that that was yelling and screaming. And 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 if you look at see, this is the new the new age, the new play uh, way of of wave of player that can't handle it uh, any kind of pushing or or or, or uh, you know, the stick as opposed to the carrot. Again, I wouldn't look too much further than the Detroit Red Wings to show you that that's not true. You know, he, Mike Babcock's a very difficult coach to play for. Demanding, yeah. And they played very hard for him. So I, I don't, I don't buy that.
0: We're chatting with uh, Dave Nonis the GM of the Maple Leafs. A lot has been made uh, of the challenges of the leadership group in in the room. Is that something that certainly is concerning for you? Is it something that needs to be addressed, or is it something that's being overblown?
1: I think it needs to be addressed to a point. I think to throw everything on the, the leadership group, it's very popular, um, but I don't think it's necessarily uh, a fair assessment. Um, I think the leaders on our group, we have a larger group. People look at the captaincy or the guys who are the A uh, as the only guys who have an influence. You know, When you have a team that's fairly young, I think we're still fifth or so in the league in terms of average age, you need the group collectively to, to show some leadership. Um, did we fail in that regard uh, You know, down the stretch? I think we could have done a better job. But to point the finger directly at you know certain people, I don't think that's a fair assessment.
0: Did you get the impression like this team quit down the stretch?
1: No. I don't think it's that at all. I, I, and, I, and I think, obviously, I'm disappointed with our, with our play, but I don't think the players quit. I think that they lost confidence uh, in themselves and more importantly at times he lost confidence in each other and that that led to a spin that we just couldn't get out of uh, you know I don't think it mailed it in I think there's a lot of disappointed people um, but I do think that the confidence level and the maybe the lack of maturity um, showed itself.
0: How does this final 14-game stretch where going into it you guys were nine points into a playoff spot and you finished nine points out? That is a remarkable run of failure. How does that change your evaluation of the team?
1: Well, I, I don't think it changes it. It should be part of it. I mean, if, if we weren't, if we didn't have the, the, the slide at the end, we would be talking about playing this week. So I think it has to be part of the, of the evaluation or else you're not doing a very good job of evaluating your group. Um, it's easy to look, and as, again, that's the reason why I think we have to step back a little bit and and take some time. If we look at the last three weeks of the season, we want to get rid of everybody. <laughs> right? Yeah. And that's not a very smart thing to do. You, you, you can't. Well you, well, you can't, but even if you did, you're going to be getting rid of some pieces that Will help you long-term. That are important pieces on winning teams. That are, you know, that are sought after by other clubs for a reason. Um, that is, that is not a very wise way of moving forward. Uh, it's important to step back, as hard as it is, and really take a careful look at what we do have and the changes we want to make. If, if we were making decisions as a group and your listeners and you guys talk to them all the time, if we made those decisions today. This would be a, a much, you know, a much different looking team next year, and I'm not well, telling you, going to be the better. Oh, we have some interesting packages that people want us to <laughs> put yes, together. Right. You,
0: t- you too, huh? Oh God. Oh yeah, we'll send you an email. With oh yeah, one we get. the draft picks <laughs> that they come up with—they're unbelievable. Oh, it's it's perfect, and it would make you guys a true dynasty. <laughs> overnight. Uh, with Dave Nonis, the GM of the Maple Leafs, um, we mentioned, of course, the cap era. Well, we are well aware of it. You guys have about 49 million committed to 12 players going into next season with that being the case in the cap era how much change really can happen over
1: the course of one off season well it's funny in the cap era that's a lot of money a lot of money available it's not it's not uh, a little you know it's that you look at a number of teams that ha- that may have zero available or have cap hits for bonuses that are c- going to come off next year so there's opportunities for us um there's opportunities for us to add people. There's opportunities for move people that have, you know, fairly s- significant contracts, but we're not starting with two million dollars of cap space, which is which is, is nice. I mean, it's difficult when you're right right up against it, uh, you know, having the cap go up. We don't know what the number is going to be yet, but we have contracts that are burning off. We have uh, some uh, um, some penalties that are that are burning off as well. That you know that are going to give us some more room. Um, you know, we have to find a way of spending that money wisely. Looking back on it now, what would you have done differently? Well, it's easy to say that uh, today, but again, if we're all being honest and looking at a team that's the night, the night of the trade deadline, we're ten games above 500. So, um, the 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 uh, changes that you're going to make um, don't come at the deadline they come before. And for us to make changes, and we did try to make them at the deadline to address certain things. But they were not in the best interest of our team long term. They were not they were what we're just talking about. They were moving young players that um, w- could help us for 10 years, for players that could help us for two years. Um, that wasn't something that you know I think uh, uh, was in our best interest. Um, you know, when we were s- having the success early on, looking back now, uh, may have wanted to do more to address the, the, the feeling of the team despite the fact we were winning. But again, that's easy to look back now and uh, you know, after we've gone through what we went through.
0: Last one before we let you go. After you signed Clarkson, you said you weren't worried about year six and seven. You were worried about year one. We know what happened in year one, not only with him, but with the team. Yep. Was there too much focus or expectation with this team? And are you going to take a step back and say, considering what happened, we have to think more long-term?
1: I don't think we th- have to think more long-term than we have. Um, you know, Again, every, every move... In terms of giving up assets that we have, have, have been players that are young, uh, that have time to spend with us. You know, trading a second for Bernier wasn't wasn't giving up a a pick for an old goaltender. It was trying to think long term, not moving our first round pick at the deadline when that was what it would take take to get a, a player you know, like Vanek. Uh, that was something we chose not to do. Um, historically, one of the problems with this organization has been succumbing to the pressure of the now and not thinking about long term. So. Um, I think, you know, our group was committed to the long-term success, and and as painful as you might, you know, feel along the way, uh, if we're going to have any true success, it's going to be with long-term thinking, not for next year or the year after. Really appreciate you popping by. Yeah, thanks for having me.
0: And we'll uh, send that email over so we expect, <laughs> what, Crosby, <Doughty>, Sue <laughs> Subban, Carlson. Are, and they're all taking no, pay cuts. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll oh all yeah. fit in under the cap. <laughs> they're all going to be up here. Thanks for stopping by. All right, guys. Thanks it. for having me. Dave Nones, the uh, GM of the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. We'll come back and recap what he had to say again. Continue to recap the press conference featuring Brendan Shanahan being announced as the president of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and Brennan is expected to join us in the 1 p.m. hour. Tim Laiweke expected as well. We're live at the ACC all afternoon. This is Leafs Lunch, TSN 1050.